Father, that you want us to come into your presence. Sometimes you even just pull us into your presence. I just want to get there. Today, I pray you do that. Thank you so much for all our moms. And I'm really deeply grateful for them. I pray that your hand would be upon them as we stand praying for their wisdom and for their role as moms, grandmothers, great-grandmothers. Yeah, the roles that they have. Thank you so much that you care and you have designed this relationship. I'm so grateful. Oh, may we just enjoy your presence, hear you even more. Thank you so much for Jessica and the team and leading us this morning. Be with us as Nate's that are before us. see anything else starting to fall, just, just warn me, okay? <laughs> uh, it's been quite the morning already, okay. All right, so, May the 14th, you're halfway through your last reading of Proverbs for this year, aren't you? Yeah, you got after it? Okay, good, I... I went for a walk and a run the other day and listened to, I don't know, in the midst of that time, all three minutes I was out there or something like that, how many chapters you can get in, right? But uh, keep going on, keep after it. you got 16 more days, 17 more days to read the Word in Proverbs. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of that. I just remind you some of the things we've talked about, that uh, a wise person is one who is skilled or an expert in godly living. They're moving that direction. It's really important to them. That's going to be a wise guy or a wise gal. And thank you for joining me in this journey over the past few months. Wisdom is supreme, so therefore what? You got it. Get what? Get wisdom. Wisdom is supreme. That important. Get it. Get it. Do all you can to get God's wisdom and then to live it out as God is in, in your life and helping you out. So... It is Mother's Day, and just to uh, make a few comments here, I know that Mother's Day can be difficult for both men and ladies, right? As we know, some didn't have a Hallmark card experience with their mother. Understandable. Some of it wasn't happiness. There were difficulties. We understand that. Some were desirous to be a mother, but the Lord did not provide that privilege. Some have lost children in the womb or earlier in life than expected. And there's pain with that. And some have recognized that they've not been a model mother, but are making change and now are making up for lost time. And then those of you who have lost your mothers, it is a difficult time as you seek to celebrate, thank the Lord, but you miss, you miss your mother. Part of your life that is very valuable. And uh, today is hard in that sense too, because they're not here with you. So I'm not here today to embarrass or guilt anyone, but we're going to take these moments to celebrate our moms. And we want to take the Word of God and think through how Proverbs 31 can be an encouragement 
and a challenge to everyone here. Moms, ladies, men, fathers, students, and children. But first, just a few Mother's Day thoughts. Dorothy of the Golden Girls, I don't know which one that is, I just saw this quote, said this, it's not easy being a mother. If it, were e if it was easy, fathers would do it. <laughs> Stick the knife in us, huh? Mark Twain said this, my mother had a great deal of trouble with me, but I think she enjoyed it. <laughs> quite the humorist. Uh, somebody once said this, Mom, sorry about your other children. At least you have me. <laughs> oh. Somebody said, Mom is one person who does the work of 20 for free. See also Saint Wonder Woman. <laughs> I like a mom said this, why don't kids understand that their nap is not for them, but for us? <laughs> behind every mom, behind every mom is a, a basket of laundry. <laughs> uh, there's no way to be a perfect mom, but there are a million ways to be a good one. None of us are perfect. We know that. We're all bad. But there's a million ways to be a, a good one. And since we've been in Proverbs, it makes sense to read about a few of those million ways to be a good, godly mom. Or just a good, godly person. The things we're going to say today, yes, they're about moms. But they're about any person to bring honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we'll discuss today. So in chapter 31, you're probably already there. I'm not. I'm going to turn there. I find it interesting that in verses 1 through 9, the author, King Lemuel, puts in writing something that his mother taught him. The words of King Lemuel, verse 31 of chapter 31, an oracle that his mother taught him. It's kind of interesting. He's repeating something that his mom said to him. Because it's not always, I understand that, but generally it's good to follow your mom's advice. Not always, because they're not perfect like we're not perfect. But generally it's good to follow your mom's advice. And I say to you again, I emphasize this, what's given here is good for all of us. The principles that are going to be discussed today are good for all of us. He just puts it in the category of women and men. So we'll see what. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, 
defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So what mom hasn't uttered these words to her son? What are you doing, my son? Watch this video if you would. Thank you. my son. Mom. <laughs> you just picture that right here. What are you doing, my son? Verse 2. First she appeals to the fact that he is her son. But then she goes a little bit deeper. What are you doing, son of my womb? She birthed him. Not just a, not just a son. She brought him into the world. She birthed him. And then she goes, thirdly, what are you doing, son of my vows? She appeals to her vows of marriage to the man who is his father. It's like she, she keeps getting deeper. As he gives this information, he asks these questions, she keeps getting deeper into this relationship of the mom to the son. She's serious and she's persistent, as most moms are because she cares deeply for his well-being. And she, her wise advice is threefold. Look at the advice she gives. In verse 3, she says this. First, 
don't get involved with him. No, but that's not what she says. We wouldn't have any more kids if the man wouldn't get involved with the woman. She says, don't give yourself away to the woman. Sexual immorality has destroyed many a ruler for the same reason. And it will destroy you. Don't go that way, she says. Secondly, she says, don't drink to excess. Don't get drunk because you will not be able to make sound judgments. Drink will pollute you. And thirdly, there's a do. Do stand up for the poor. Do stand up for the needy. Meet the needs of the truly needy and uphold justice. You see, she's, she's caring and loving. She loves her son. She knows these things are important to him. And he might say after each one, Mom. But he knows down deep in his heart she's right. Don't give yourself away to a woman. And vice versa, women. Don't give yourself away to a man. It will destroy you. Don't drink to excess. Personally, I don't think you should drink at all. But Scripture doesn't give that command. But it does say, don't get drunk with wine. Don't drink to excess. It will pollute you. It will impair you. But do care for those that need to be cared for. Just like Jesus did. Just like we're commanded through the Old Testament. So a little bit of mom's wisdom from King Lemuel, from his mom, through him to us. But we go on in this passage, looking at verses 10 through 31. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And you have no lack of fear. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her family. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants it. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. He sits among the elders. She makes linen garments. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time of trouble. She opens her mouth and floods with wisdom. With wisdom and strength. And the teaching of kindness is in her heart. She looks well at the ways of her household. Does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children.
children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Determined, deceitful, and beauty of form. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands. And let her works praise her. now, as my Bible says, he describes the woman who fears the Lord. As I mentioned in one of my earlier Proverbs sermons, the fear of the Lord is mentioned more than 20 times in Proverbs. So this is a very prominent theme. I think it's the overarching theme of Proverbs, obviously behind wisdom. But without the fear of the Lord, you won't have wisdom. The character traits that are described here in this passage are not new. They're mentioned all through Proverbs. And today, they're timely reminders of what characterizes a wise gal or a wise guy. So I'm just grouping them together as I saw them working through it this week. The first is this, for all of us, to be trustworthy. Verses 10 and 11. An excellent wife who can find, she's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no heard me say this, and you will hear me say this, trust is based on truth. Tell the truth, and you will be trusted, even when the truth hurts and is not good. Even when you've done wrong, tell the truth, and you will be trusted. Do what you say you will do, and you will be trusted. Put others above yourself. each of these, I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you these are passages, these are thoughts that are all through the book of Proverbs. I could go other places, but I'm trying to bring Proverbs back into it. Here we go. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is left for a moment. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness And I imagine in your life, certainly in my life, I can think of a few times when I did lie to my mom. I wasn't where I said I was supposed to be. And I told her I was there and I really was over there. I'm sure none of you have ever done that before. But I did, at least once, what I can think of, and probably more than that. Or I made up some tale about hurting my sister really was my fault. I can think of that time, too. Now they all come back flooding. Better stop right now. <laughs> we could be here all day, right? Be trustworthy. Tell the truth. You will be trusted, even when it's difficult at times. The next one, as I just kind of congealed them all together, is work hard. I know you've never heard anything from Proverbs about working hard, like maybe a sermon like last Sunday. <laughs> Spent the whole time talking about that. Look at what it says here in this passage. 
Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax. She works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings food from afar. She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field. She buys it with the fruit of her hand. She plants a vineyard. 19, she puts her hands to the distaff and opens her hand. Her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor, reaches out her hands to the needy. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Now, I know no lady's going to fit all these, okay? If you do, you probably don't need to listen to the rest of the sermon, okay? No man fits all these. We understand that. He's just given a picture. He's given a picture of an excellent wife, an excellent woman, really even an excellent man, an excellent teenager. These are things that are part of their life. These are characteristics of a part of their life. They work hard. Last week we said this. Work is good. It's not bad. It's not evil. God designed it. He ordained it. We said all of life is spiritual. It's not about, oh, that's work and that's what I do, the secular part of me, and then this is what I do on Sunday or Thursday night or whatever. All of life is spiritual. Our work, our recreation, everything about us is a part of our spiritual life and being. We said it's important to be balanced. Not a workaholic, not somebody who avoids work but to be balanced in our work. We also said this, your best is good enough. Good is not good enough. Excellent is what's, excellence is what we're after. Our best is good enough. We said this, work hard enough to please the Lord. Not just work hard enough to please your boss. You work hard enough to please the Lord. And be significant. Go after significance, to make a difference in people's lives through your work, not the aspect of success. Be significant in people's lives, helping them to become more like Jesus Christ. And ultimately, what do we want to do? 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, what? Do it all for the glory of God. He gives that picture in chapter 6 of the end scurrying about. We talked about the ant a while back. Scurrying about. They, they had this sense. I mean, we don't know if they're really working hard or not. We can't communicate with them. We can't go, are you really working hard down there? It looks like you're moving pretty fast. Whoa, go. Man, you're carrying that thing. That's 17 times your weight. You're really amazing, right? We can't do that, but from all appearances, look like they're working really hard. Would you agree with me? <laughs> yeah. Look at the picture, he says. Here's a picture of somebody who will bring honor to God because they work hard like the ant. Don't be a sluggard. Look at the ways and be wise in your work because it is spiritual. I had an opportunity on Thursday um, at a doctor's appointment and I had an opportunity, I hope, to help somebody, a, a young man who is uh, maybe, I don't know, a nurse, or, but he, he assisted me. He called me earlier in the week to make an appointment, to help me to make an appointment. And he, um, as he gave that message, uh, the voicemail, the voicemail was da-da-da-da-da, please call it da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, it took me, I, I, I kind of know this number, but it took me three voicemails to listen to it to get the number down. And I decided, you know, I, I think I could help this young man. And so kindly, as he was escorting me into the room, I said, 
I want to give just a little bit of advice. When you leave a voicemail, speak slow enough so that somebody can get the number down. It'll make you look official. And I've said it with all kindness and grace because I want him to succeed. I want him to be good. But I know when you leave messages like that, you don't come across as professional. And I hope that he will learn from that. He'll take that and put that into his life, that it's really important to do that. Now, the reason I had to listen to the number because it wasn't the same number that came up on my phone. Some of you are going, you should have known the numbers right on your phone, weren't you? You were thinking that, weren't you? I'm an old guy, okay? <laughs> but it's a different number than he, he called from. I hope that he will learn from that. That's excellent. Leave that message so the person can get it the first time and not have to go through it three times. It'll help him in his career. It'll learn him. Especially when he's talking to old people like me. <laughs> you need just a little bit more time to get across that message. Excellent. So whether you eat or drink, or you leave a voicemail, do it all to the glory of God. Make it your best. Third thing I see here, be generous. You can see that in verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out to the needy. Verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. There's this sense of generosity. Again, I just preached on that three or four weeks ago. Be generous. Here's what he said. We first said, first of all, in that sermon, he who is generous to the Lord honors him. He who is generous to the Lord honors him. So that's the first thing, that's the aspect of generous. And then the second aspect is that we want to be generous to others. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. And he, God, will reward him for his deed. It's good. It's good. It works. Let's be generous with the truth. Let's be generous with our helpful words, our kind actions, giving to the Lord and others. Let's be generous with our forgiveness. Let's be generous with our talents and abilities, with our spiritual gifts, with our time. Again, I know you've never heard this before, but let's give with a dump truck, even though it's Easter. Why? Because you'll be rewarded in like manner that you're giving. Jesus promised, Luke 6, 38. Galatians chapter 6. Give big. Be generous with what you have. The ability to encourage people, be a part of their lives. Be generous with it. And that's what you're going to get back. The fruit of it. This wife, this mom, us. Be generous. As you're going out and leaving today, be generous to Say hi to them. Come alongside them. Care for them. Be generous. Go to Sunday school. You have time? You got time for that. Make it a part of your life. Be able to spread that generosity to the body of Christ. Fourth thing I saw is this aspect of honor. Verse 23. Her husband is known in the gate. And he sits among the elders of the land. (sighs) 
recognize and make others proud of us. What a privilege that is to be able to do that. We're all VIP, very important people. All of us. God has made us that way. And He wants us to build up each other and encourage one another, honor one another, and help each other walk through this life. You know, all those people are VIPs, even the people you don't see eye to eye with. You got a few of those people? I bet you do. All of them. All of them are valuable. How can we honor them? How can we help them? How can we help them become more like Jesus Christ? The privilege of being able to do that. Read the first verse with me. 327. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. As you leave today, as you go to be with your family or with your friends, whatever it is, you have the ability to give them good. God's good. Do it. Don't hold on to it. Well, what, 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 if, what are they going to think about me? Just do it. To give them the kind word or a smile. High five somebody, you can high five something to be able to do that, to honor them, to say, You're important, you're valuable. God loves you. You have that ability to be able to do that. What a privilege it is. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Same principle, sowing and reaping. You give out, you're going to get it back. Give it out. To your mom, to her members, to your dad, to your family members, to the people around you. Honor them. They are important. Even the people who don't agree with you. They're valuable in God's sight. Be strong and dignified. Verses 17 and 25. She dresses herself with strength and she makes her arms strong. Strength and dignity are a clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. I, I think the Lord would affirm that there is inherent strength in being a woman. I think the Lord would affirm there's inherent strength in being a woman. Ladies, God made you exactly like He wanted you to be. Your gender is woman in God's eyes. Yes, I'm making a statement here. Your creation is totally correct in God's eyes. And He wants you to live out the purposes He has designed for you as a woman. It goes for men too. God has designed you perfectly as a woman, as a man. And to make any mistakes in that. And He has His purposes for you as that gender. Live it out and be content in that and confident in that. Moms birth babies and then they carry the infant in the baby carrier like it's only a load of bread, like a loaf of bread. <laughs> Numerous times I've offered to help women who are carrying a baby like this out 
and I don't think I've ever had a woman take me up on that offer until I kept insisting. The ladies are strong. Tough. I can't even lift those things up. I don't know how you do it. Then you see a lady with two of them on her arm. It's amazing to me. But I think the strength that's referred to here is more than physical, obviously. It's the strength of character that guides one to walk in tune with God's instruction. To be wise in your pursuits and friends, to honor your family, etc., 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 etc. To be a wise guy. Being dignified can include what you wear, as modesty exalts the strength of your inner character over your outward appearance. Being dignified in your talk, sure you've noticed it. I'm, I'm amazed, or maybe I should put appalled, at how much vulgar sailor talk I hear coming from women nowadays. They talk like us men, unfortunately. No, I shouldn't say us. They talk like men in their language. That's not becoming. That's not becoming to a man. Verse 26, use wise words. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I went through, um, went through my, my Bible that I'm using, and uh, I counted all the T's that I've written in the margins for tongue, words, uh, talk, anything that it communicates of words. Just, they're right here. I can do it pretty fast. It took me about five minutes just to look through that all the way through. I counted over 200 times I've written a T in the 31 chapters of Proverbs. Whoa, I think that's a pretty important topic in the book, isn't it? 200 times, over 200 times. Solomon, King Lemuel, Agar, they talk about the tongue and words and your mouth and how it impacts people. It's really, really, really important. And so I, I had about 14, 15 verses written down, but for the sake of time, I just wrote down three. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You know as well as I do, the tongue and our words can encourage or destroy. And we've all done both. We've all been guilty at some point of destroying or hurting someone by our words. Hurt people, hurt people. We know that. Oftentimes we don't mean to do that or something comes across wrong. And other times there are times where we did try to put a little bit of hurt into something. And oh, how that just grieves. There's often the contrast. In 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath. Harsh word stirs up anger. Oh, we know how that is. We know how that is. When we're stressed and difficult things are all around us, sometimes we just we give that word and it's not given the right way. It's not said the exact way we want. You, all those things, you know those things. 
even this morning I'm struggling with that. The sound and audio is not working. I need paper for the check-in deal. I mean, I just thought 20 things were just crashing down, and I was having to really be careful with my words. I'd get kind of frustrated.
just think a few of those things this week, writing this. I, I know I didn't offer nearly enough. For all the meals she cooked, the laundry she did, etc., 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 etc. Mom is one person who does the work of 20, we read earlier, for free. <laughs> she deserves lots of thank yous for the care for us. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. All of, think about that. But as your mother's taught you and loved you and given you godly advice, don't forsake it, he says. He begins his book, Solomon says. He says in 29.15, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left himself brings shame to his mother. There's going to be discipline in our lives. We need that discipline. We need it from the father toward us. We need it from our moms and dads toward us. Because it will help us to follow God and to do what He wants us to do. Fear the Lord above all. Twenty times, right? At least twenty times in Proverbs. The major theme that guides any person to live out the characteristics we just discussed. Now you can kind of do them on your own, but if you have a fear of God, a respect for God, an awe of God, We'll look at these characteristics that are all through Proverbs and say, you know, these are good things. These are things that I need to practice. I need to put into my life because they will exalt you. They will say you're important. You're valuable. You're number one in my life. I said in that sermon a while back on the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord adds wisdom. It subtracts evil. It multiplies life and it divides blessings. And the fear of the Lord, one is strong confidence. We have a fear and a reverence for Him, a strong confidence for life. And His children will have a refuge, or her children will have a refuge. Twenty-three, seventeen. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. All the day. Continue in it. Make it a part of your life. This day, tomorrow. One of the ways that I think we can exhibit, think about mothers, is, is praying. Again, I brought this, the 31 biblical virtues to pray for your kids and your grandkids and for ourselves. Cards are in the track rack in the back there by the information table, by the card table. May I encourage you to pray this over your kids. Pray this over my grandkids this morning. Kindness. Kindness characterizes me. Kindness would characterize my life. I needed before this service. <laughs> now that I think back on it, in the midst of trouble, midst of things not going well, how can we be kind? Help somebody. Not take it out on them. And how I know that's true. Pray for your kids this morning. Tomorrow you're going to pray for generous generosity. Lastly, give honor. We think about moms, wives, ladies. Give honor to them. Tell her she's important. Think about it. Serve her so she knows that she's important to God. Obey her, your kids, grandkids, so she knows she's valuable. And honor her in return. The wise.
wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. A gracious woman gets honor. Just read a couple other verses I have. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Should hear some amens after that one, man. Let me read that again. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Pretty strong over here, a little weak on this side over here. I don't know what the deal is. Health and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Today, brothers, honor your wife. Honor your mom. Honor the ladies in your life. Honor your children, your grandchildren. Lift them high.